Welcome to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about co-parenting, separation, divorce, and the hardest question of all, should you stay or should you go? I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, and I'm here to help you navigate some of the roughest waters you've ever swum in and answer some of your toughest questions. I've been to hell and back, and now it's my mission in life to help you get to the other side of this process with your sanity and your heart intact. Hey everyone, welcome back. So I have with me today my friend and colleague, Rebecca Zung. You probably know Rebecca as the founder of Slay Your Negotiations with a Narcissist. She is a narcissism negotiation expert and founder of the Slay Negotiation Method. She has a YouTube channel with more than, I think she said 35 million views in less than two, in two and a half years. Crazy. She's one of the top 1% of attorneys in the nation, having been recognized by U.S. News & World Report as a best lawyer in America, as legal elite by Trend Magazine, and recognized by her peers and the judiciary as AV preeminent rated in family law, the highest possible rating for an attorney by Martindale Hubble. She is really, I love Rebecca's, the way that she sort of um, packages things and makes them so interesting and digestible in terms of negotiating uh, with a narcissist. Before I uh, bring you over to my interview with Rebecca, I just wanted to say that this month's Q&A was awesome. You guys were incredible. Your questions were incredible. We will be having another call. It's the second Tuesday of every month. So the next one is April 11th at 9.30 a.m. Pacific time, 12.30 uh, Eastern. And we'll put the link in the show notes for you to register. And then you'll get an opportunity to um, submit questions in advance. Even if you don't have a question, I think people are really getting a lot out of just sitting on the call and listening. Um, but if you have questions for me, that is a great, great place for you to ask them. So April 11th, and look for the sign-up uh, in the show notes and in your email. If you're on my email list, you will definitely get notified of that. All right. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Rebecca Zung. Rebecca, thank you so much for coming back on to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast to talk Thanks about for having me. Yeah, all things narcissism. We, <laughs> you know, it's always a topic that is on people's minds because you know causes so much pain, so much drama, it, trauma, and chaos. That's right, drama, trauma, and chaos. Tell me, how do you define a narcissist in your work? What do you What do you say? I like to define it in layman's terms. I like to say that it is a person who has no feeling of value internally. Now, I don't say mm -hmm. that they 
don't have feeling. I mean, that they don't have value. I say they just don't feel like they have value. Yeah. Internally. Right. Okay. And so that they have to extrapolate all of their feeling of value from external sources and that it it is really scarcity to the utmost extreme. So it is survival at the most extreme. I tell people that the reason why they don't have any feelings of empathy is because they're just in such pain and survival mode all the time because <laughs> they're just dealing with, you know, it, it, you have to picture a person that's like s- desperate, starving, gasping for breath all the time. And, and, you know, it's scarcity to the utmost extreme. And, and, and people who are closest to them think, I, I will fill that void for you. I will do that. And they want you to fill it too. And so then you're left feeling totally and utterly depleted and yet they're still starving. And then it's like this. Because it's not yours to fill. Exactly. <laughs> right? We want to. We want to so badly. And we do. It's like, it's, it's like getting blood from a stone, right? Except we're like warring. It's the opposite of getting a blood from a stone, right? It's like they're 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 sucking all the blood out of us until we are a stone. Yes, and and it's a sieve that's totally you know like a, a empty it, that you know there's a a hole there that's mm-hmm. you know can it, it just goes right through them, right. so it can never be filled, and and then they actually start resenting the fact that you're not filling in for them, right? And they get angry. And abusive when that's when the abuse comes in, right? Because in the beginning, it's, oh my God, you're the one. Yeah. You're it. Exactly. And then when we're not it, then they, then there comes the rage and the criticism and the, all of the abusive behavior. Pretty quickly, actually. Right. (laughs) Right. I mean, I think it's really important to, like, we can't stress this enough. Narcissists can't change. No. Exactly. And I think that's the hardest thing for an empath to grasp, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That this can't change. Yeah. And what I have found, and this is the hardest thing, I think, a lot of times, and it, especially for people who want to help people in these relationships, mm-hmm. it's almost like a secondary form of addiction in a way, you know, yeah, yeah. because- Somebody who's in that relationship, you you almost can't help them also unless they want to be helped because they throw up red flags also, you know, like the narcissist had an abusive childhood, you know, they had a, a tough year, they're going through something right now, you know, it's almost like you as the empath make excuses for them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think part of it is that you want to help this person and you want to you you want everyone to see that this is a person in pain. And and I get that too. I get that right. too. Right. But you also I think there's a part of you that also is 
kind of making excuses for yourself and defending the the fact that you're in this relationship with this person Mm -hmm. and saying, well, gosh, you know, I'm here. What what's wrong with me if I if I'm still staying here or that I I allowed myself to be here in the first place? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I think there's an a subconscious element of that. There's a lot of shame, I think, right? And then and then and then I think because of the shame, there must there's got there's probably some denial. That's what I mean. There's yeah, that sort of like double down denial of that. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of like defending yourself for being there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, like right. I'm right. still here because I'm helping this person because this person is in need of help. You know, like mm-hmm. they, they had a rough childhood. They are going through a lot. They uh, had a tough year and that's why they treat me this way. Right. You know? Right. And, you know, I always say that they're they're giving the narcissist more compassion than they're giving themselves. Mm, so true. Right? Yeah. Because it's like and that's what we do as empaths and certainly as, you know, people who suffer from any form of codependence, right? It's the other mm. person's needs are will always be more important and whether if you're not a codependent, just being in a relationship with a narcissist trains that, trains you in that. Yeah. Well, right? or you think they're changing. They're fixing uh, it. Yes. Yes. So you know, they mm-hmm. they said they're getting better. This time it will be better. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to therapy now, or they said that they're going to work on it or whatever. I mean, yeah. they're right. so good at that too. They are so good at that. They're so good at copying to like the front 5%. So that creates like the smoke and mirror effect of like, no, 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 I am doing the work. Like, no, 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 I really do. I know, I know, I know I need to work on that. And then you think, oh, okay, they heard that, mm-hmm. but they're mm-hmm. not working on it. No. <laughs> they just know that they needed to say that to get you off their back. Yeah. And so like that, so we're, we're sort of talking about like what it's like being in a relationship with this person, right? But then it's sort of this cycle goes on and on and on and on, and then you kind of want to get off. Yeah. And that's when things can get really tricky. Yeah. Um, can you sort of talk about what happens at that point? Well, and that's where I kind of end up coming in. Right. <laughs> that's that's your wheelhouse. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, you know, there's the love bombing, then the the devaluing, then the discard phase. And I always say. It's more of a Venn diagram than linear right. because it, it is sort of going back and forth. But once you get into the discard phase and that is the end of the relationship, that is really where you start to see the birth of the smear campaign and the mask coming off. And that is where there's this term called splitting. Mm. Because narcissists really do see things in black and white. They don't have the ability to to see things in gray. You're either for them or or against them. You're either uh, good or bad. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that they, they have to start lining people up against you. It's everybody else is going to be for me. No one else is going to be for you. 
you know, they have to, they're, they're very afraid that you're going to expose them. They're very afraid that people are going to see them for who they really are. And so they want to make sure that they take you down before you can take them down. And so it, it can't ever be, let's wish each other well, and let's just walk off into the sunset and be friends and 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 have a nice amicable uh splitting uh, up mm-hmm. of each it, it can't ever be that whether it's a business relationship or a personal relationship or whatever it is or or you're saying goodbye uh, in a job whatever it is I, I mean i'm not just talking about divorce i'm right. talking about anything anything it's yeah they're everywhere be, they're everywhere <laughs> it's got to be the scorched earth torch the thing it has to be that way with them unfortunately yeah. they just they cannot help themselves and i i mean i wish it could be different i know and- for me in the times that i've had relationships with narcissists i've tried very very hard to not have it be that way, but they can't help themselves. So what do we do? So what do you do? <laughs> uh, so what do you do? What do, you do? I, how do you, yeah. How do you fight against this smear campaign? Like, are you hitting point for point? No, you never do that. You never do that. Because then you're down in the mud with them. You're down in the mud with them. And as soon as you're down in the mud with them, you know, you're in the mud you know? And so you never explain, justify or overshare. That's the mm-hmm. first thing that I tell people. Never. Mm-hmm. You pretend like you're reporting the news. That, that's that's right. what I tell people, you know, like you just almost like pretend like you're holding a microphone in your hand and you're like just observing. Oh, there she is, you know, um, smearing the person. I see them doing that now, you know, almost as if you are a third party observer. And mm-hmm. I know it's extremely difficult because, you know, they're going to do everything in their power to try to trigger you. And they know it, you know, especially if you have been in a personal relationship with this person, they know what your Achilles heels are. I mean, so they're going to, if being a good mother is your thing that's the thing that means the most to you they're gonna say you're a shitty mom Mm, you know mm -hmm. that's the thing that they're gonna say and you're gonna want to defend yourself and and, you know they're gonna spend paragraphs and text messages of all the ways that you're a shitty mom you know and and you're gonna want to go back paragraph by paragraph line by line Here's all the ways that I'm a great mom. <laughs> you know, I do the homework with them and I just, you know, sit there and I do algebra and I, you know, take them to baseball and I put them to bed. You know, you do not need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. Please save yourself. You know, do not do that. You do not need to do that. You know, so what I tell people is, you know, I just do not ever defend yourself. Do not ever defend yourself. Because when you defend yourself, you're 
giving the person credence. You're literally giving them credence. Mm -hmm. So I tell people to just, when you get emails or text messages like that, to just look through all of it and find like the one or two things that you absolutely have to respond to and, and respond in as few sentences as possible. You can respond like, I'm in receipt of your email. I deny all of it. And we can meet at three o'clock on Wednesday. And that's mm-hmm. it. You mm-hmm. know, you don't need to go line by line. You don't. <laughs> Do you have to say, I, I deny all? Is this a, from like a legal say, standpoint, is that a good strategy? You don't need to, but for some people, it makes them feel better to say that because then, because, you know, every, Remember that every text, every email, every social social media post, everything you put your hand to is a potential trial exhibit, mm-hmm. especially if you are in a divorce situation mm-hmm. or you know right. you're in um, a, any kind of legal potential litigation or potential legal situation. So I always tell people before you hit send, before you hit post, before you write anything, just imagine the judge is over your shoulder going, hmm, okay. You know, it's just like, would you want to see this again in cross-examination, in a deposition or anything like that? Because you potentially might in Mm -hmm. an uncomfortable situation. I've been there. I've been the lawyer in those situations and having my client in an uncomfortable situation and looking over at my client going, when did you send that again? Like, what the hell? You know, like, um, so just don't take a breath. Don't do it. You know, you know, you might see it again. So just take a couple moments to collect yourself before you, you, you do those things. And so if it makes you feel better to say, I deny it, fine. You don't necessarily have to, I mean, I, I tell people even motions that are filed with the court are not evidence. They're not. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people think, Oh, it's, it's filed with the court. You know, it's not evidence. It's not evidence until it's actually, you know, spoken under oath at a trial. You don't have to worry so much about those things. It makes people feel better. Yeah. Sometimes. Right. But then. I think it even opens the door to like, oh, you deny it, like, <laughs> right? Like, and then we're off. Yeah, well, you don't, you don't even need to respond a lot of times to that. And I do say, make sure that if you have um, children, you do use some sort of an app or you make sure you're always using email, something that mm-hmm. you have a, di- a time and date stamp. You know, try not to use text messaging because that can, they can be manipulated. Um, you know, a lot of people say they use screenshots. Well, screenshots, there's not a time and date stamp. It's, you know, it's, it's not as good. That's right. And some states don't allow, don't allow text messages or screenshots unless they are like you need the down, a downloaded, right? You need the whole, right, you need the which, entire conversation um, yeah. as part of this, the, the rules of evidence. So, I mean, that's why. Um, email is better because yeah. you want the entire conversation in there. So that's why I say try to stay disengaged as much as you can. Because with a narcissist, like there's always sort of that quip of 
you know, it's sort of like getting arrested. Everything you do and say is eventually going to be used against you. Right. <laughs> but it's kind of true. I mean, yeah. it's, you just, you kind of have to be like surprised when they act like a regular person, be um, not surprised when they don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember one time having a situation with a client where she came, she called me after she'd seen her husband in car line and she was like, can you believe he acted like this? And can you believe he acted like that? And he was like a total jackass, you know? And I was like, yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> what I can't believe is that you can't believe it. Right. You know, like you've been telling me for three years, every single day, what a jackass he is, you know? So let's be surprised if he acts like a reasonable human being. Let's, right. let's, let's like reverse this, you know? And then you won't be so upset every time he acts like this. I, you know, I hear all these stories all the time and people posting in my Facebook group and I know you do too, right? About like, they're so shocked by behavior that has been going on for like, you know, 20 years, <laughs> right? This isn't shocking, babe. This should not be shocking anymore. And what I say is like, now it's your job to accept that this is who this person is. And I think that's so difficult for people. Yeah, right. like God grant me to the, the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it was the difference. You cannot change them. And now for a quick word from our sponsor. The all-new, fully revised, should I stay or should I go? After three years of this program existing in the world and changing women's lives, I decided to give it a full makeover. The all-new version has all-new videos, a podcast-like audio stream if you want to take the work on the go, and completely updated resources for deepening your learning. The program consists of six core modules, the first of which is Who Are You? This is the section in which you dig deeply into your own personal development and get in touch with your inner guide, slay your inner critics, mine for values, and learn how to set healthy boundaries. The second module is how you learn to love and helps you understand your attachment style, love languages, and how to properly love and care for the most important person in all of this, yourself. Module three is called, Why Are Women So Exhausted? And breaks down some of the issues around toxic masculinity and male entitlement, the myth of being a stay-at-home mom, and answers the question, he's fine. Why can't I just be happy? Module four is all about understanding abuse and includes videos on trauma bonds, understanding the cycles of abuse, particularly how they play out in your own relationship and addresses addiction, infidelity, and mental illness. Module five is all about healing and moving forward and includes videos about therapy, couples therapy, healing from betrayal, emotional regulation, and grief. This section also includes my 90-minute workshop, Tackling Codependence, as well as my signature relationship inventory that will help you gain complete clarity on all the parts of your marriage and figure out what's his and what's yours. And module six answers the question, is the grass really greener on the other side? With in-depth videos on dating, cultural and religious isolation, and what happens if you end up alone forever? Spoiler, you probably won't. Whether you decide to stay or go, this program will set you up for a lifetime of clarity and fulfillment. And if you've already decided to go, the program will help you unpack all that's happened and help you heal 
so that you can move forward without repeating the same mistakes that got you here in the first place. This program is priced super low at just $697. And if you use the code PODCAST, when you check out, you'll get $50 off the full price. What are you waiting for? You have been agonizing with this decision for long enough. It's time to finally know, should you stay or should you go? And now back to our episode. Yeah. And it's not just like you can't change them, but also like there's an acceptance of like, oh, this really is who they are. Right. Because all of our trying to change them is like, oh, no, let me help you. Oh, no, I can, you know, I'll I'll do this for you or right. Because we have the mindset that they actually want to change or they want to get better. They're so miserable. They keep coming to me with their problems. Surely they want their problems solved. That's not necessarily the case, is it? Oh, yeah, no. No, no. They actually get supply from jerking you around. They mm-hmm. get supply from making you miserable. And that's one of the myths, you know, I'm talking about mythbusters that I would love to actually share over here. Yes. And one please. of the myths that I want to share is that narcissists just want to win. That mm-hmm. is just not true. You know, I actually break out narcissistic supply into what I call diamond level supply and what I call coal level supply. And diamond level supply is, you know, how they look to the world and adulation and, Mm -hmm. you know, prestigious friends and all of those kinds of good things, which they love. Of course, they love that too. And they they love winning. Yes, Mm -hmm. of course they do. But they also love what I call coal level supply, which is jerking you around, manipulating you, controlling you, you know, being an overall jackass just to see you squirm. And they love that too. That's why people can't get their cases settled because they constantly move goalposts. They send over an agreement and even their own agreement, you know, three days later, even if you say, yes, I'll accept every single one of your points. Then they co- they come back and they go, well, you know what? I've been thinking about it. And no, you took so long to uh, uh, respond to me. So now that deal is off the table because I don't know, the wind blew this way or whatever. Right. Um, <laughs> right. You know, I mean, it's because they enjoy manipulating you. That's why you have to negotiate with them in a totally different way. I mean, Mm. reasonable people, when you sit down to negotiate with them, they both have a goal of let's figure out how to resolve this. Let's not spend money on attorney's fees. Let's figure out how to come to a resolution that allows us to both get something out of this deal and move on with our lives. That's when you have two reasonable people on either side. When you have a narcissist on one side or the other or both, they're trying to get supply out of it. Mm. And Part of that supply is I also love jerking you around. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so there's a fundamental flaw in the process. It's a power and control thing, right? If they, if, if they agree, if they settle, they're not in, they don't have power and control, right? They lose Mm -hmm. their supply. They lose the supply source. 
Yes. Yes. So how do so you said you have to negotiate with them differently? And obviously Correct. you are the the queen of slaying your negotiations with a narcissist. So yeah. how do you do that? What's the difference? Yeah. So I use a methodology I, I call slay, which is strategy, leverage, anticipate, and focus on you. <laughs> and you have to build a strategy first and you have to have a vision. Most people, when they're dealing with narcissists, they forget to actually figure out where it is they actually want to go. Yes, because we're always on defense. We can't even think about what, like, what we're trying to do. Where it is you actually want to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, such a good point. Yep. And then create action steps to actually get there tactically. And then L is leverage. And the key to that leverage is figuring out diamond level supl- supply versus coal level supply. So when you are figuring out and, and, and there's only one thing that motivates narcissists and that's supply mm-hmm. and beginning and end of the story, mm-hmm. you know, with other people, they're motivated by many different things, you know, I mean, many different things. It's usually not even just one thing they're motivated and incentivized by, you know, maybe it's time, maybe it's money, maybe it's their children, maybe it's, maybe it's many things. But for narcissists, it's one thing and one thing only, and that's supply. So that's the good thing. That's the bad thing. You have to take a look at what form of supply is going to be more important for them to keep than the supply that they get from jerking you around. Because diamond level supply will always be more important for them to keep than coal level supply. They will always protect and defend how they look. Yes. First and foremost, for first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And there's always going to be some form of diamond level supply that's going to be more important to them. So you got to figure out what that is for that particular narcissist. And jerking you around is always going to be their secondary level of supply that's going on in that case, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. So you got to construct some sort of leverage around that and then threaten that that source of supply. But you can't actually take away that supply source because if you do, then your leverage is gone. So you're saying focus on leveraging how good you can make them look or how good they're going to look at the end of this. So it's, you know, being father of the year or or, Or threatening that. Because or threatening that, mm. or, threatening that. Or, right. or making sure that they continue to keep that, you know, by saying, hey, you know, or even throughout the process, constructing a deal where they sort of, you sort of seed them coming up with the deal, you know, like, mm-hmm. hey, maybe you might want to come up with this deal, you know, like, Maybe that's the the key to it. But however you construct it, you got to remember that supply is the the key. Mm-hmm. Supply is the key. But if they don't feel that they are potentially going to be exposed, then they're not going to let go of that supply source of jerking you around, depending on the malignancy also of the narcissist too. Right, right, right. A more malignant narcissist is certainly, and and we should, we should point out here, which uh, we talk about all the time on the podcast, that narcissism is a spectrum. And so if we're talking 
somebody who is much further out on the malignant side or with NPD, right? Because mm-hmm. even a even a you know more benign narcissist, you do want to be playing to their ego, essentially. You got to take your own ego out of this whole thing, by the way. And I tell people, you know, like there's this kind of quip that I use, which is fluff for favor, vomit later which is fluff up their ego and, you know, you can go vomit later if you need to, (laughs) you know, in the process, fluff up their ego, you know, you get a little something, something that you want, give them a little something that they want. If there's a way to make them think that they came up with something, that's okay if you get what you want out of it. Sometimes ways that you can craft things like that too. The difficulty that I know that I come up with uh, with my clients in this, and I'm sure you see the exact same thing, is that when someone, in particular in a marriage, right, we're, that's what we're talking about for my people here, they've been gaslit, abused, manipulated, devalued, all of these things for so long. The ability to be strategic mm-hmm. and leverage can be practically non-existent. That's where I go into the A and the Y, right? Uh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It is hard because you've got Mm -hmm. cognitive dissonance and you've got, Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes it's even physical. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I was literally on the phone with a client this morning and I was saying, well, you know, we were scripting certain things out and she just said, "I, I, I can't say that. And it wasn't because of danger. It was, I mean, it was because of danger. It was past danger. It was like, yeah, I can't speak it's, that way to my husband. It is hard. It's very yeah. hard because they've conditioned yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. Exactly. And you're, you're conditioning back in a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, so A is anticipate what they're going to do and stay two steps ahead of them. And then Y is focusing on you being on the offensive and then your mindset. Right. Yes. And 100% of it is your mindset. And so I also use kind of to go along with the letters, this whole process of step one, don't run. Step two, make a U-turn. Step three, break, break free. Each one of the letters goes along with this whole process because it is baby steps. Mm-hmm. I do mm-hmm. see it as baby steps because I see it as kind of taking the uh, like almost like a a yacht or a ship or a, a you know battleship almost like a huge mm-hmm. th- you know and and turning it around and then starting to go in the other direction and walking and going toward them mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because you're kind of going away and you got to turn it all the way around and start going toward and then like even going past right i mean because in order to start turning it around so you're not on the defensive and then start actually speaking to them and and then actually start feeling powerful and actually start and then actually breaking free so that you are feeling like yourself and feeling powerful and standing in your power is a whole process. And it didn't happen overnight that they conditioned you and it's not going to happen overnight that you start, you know, feeling in your power. So first of all, you have to have, start creating boundaries. You know, I mean, that's step one is to create boundaries. Absolutely. And because you're not going to start to heal until you can start getting away from that toxicity. And the boundaries, it's so hard to set boundaries with this type of personality because 
as soon as you set them, they're, they have a goal. And, but you know what? I think of it as like a child having a tantrum on the floor. Uh huh. You know, yep. because yep. you know how a child with a tantrum on the floor is like, I want more. I, I'm going to, they're going to scream louder. They're going to scream harder. They're going to scream, you know, and, but they're always the worst right before they're ready to give up. Mm-hmm. I think it's like that with a narcissist. Yeah. And your job, right, with a tantruming child is to say, I know that this is hard for you. I'm so sorry that you're so upset. And we, and it's time to leave the party. Like, and the party's over. <laughs> right. And you just keep repeating. You don't go into, you don't follow their trail of yelling and screaming. You're just, you're just there. Observing. I'm so sorry that you're upset. I I can see that you're really mad. Unfortunately, the party's over. Yeah. You don't get down on the floor and start having a tantrum with them. <laughs> right. Well, unless it's gone on for so long, you can't fucking handle it anymore. <laughs> yeah. I think all moms can agree. We've done that. We've all done that one, once or twice. And I love what you said. Like, you didn't get here quickly. This was not right. Because if they were all bad and they just came in like a, like a, like a toxic freight train, you would be like, you would have left. You would have run away in the opposite direction. But there was a period of, of grooming, of manipulation, yeah. of all of these tactics. And it's going to take, it's like deprogramming from a cult. Like yeah. it doesn't, oh, yeah. it takes time. Yeah. I always say to like, just forgive yourself for decisions that you made when you <laughs> were in survival mode. You this know? is not your fault, right? Yeah. I mean, they were really good. They're really, really good. They're so good at it. They're so good at it. They know exactly what to say. Mm-hmm. They know exactly who to be. Yeah. I would just forgive yourself for all of that. And just now you know, when you know better, you do better. That's right. And starting with boundaries. And as I always say, you know, the hardest part of boundaries is not setting them, it's holding them, (laughs) right? Like if you set a boundary, you have to keep it. If you say, I am not comfortable having these conversations with you in person, I I would prefer all of this to go through email so that I can gather my thoughts and they come and they keep trying to have conversations with you in person. If you have the conversation with them in person, You've shot your boundary and you're that's it. You've no b- more boundary. Right. You teach people how to treat you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that I say a lot is there are certain things that are negotiable and there are certain things that are not. And you can negotiate terms, you can negotiate issues. What's not negotiable is your self-respect. Yeah. And who you are. Your value. Right. Your value as a human. Your value as a human. Yes. I love that, Rebecca. That's so good. That's so good. And it's so important because we've been in a relationship for so long with someone who has been devaluing us as a human. And Mm -hmm. so actually our self-esteem is pretty much in the shitter at that point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the opening, you know, the name of my podcast is Negotiate Your Best Life. And in the Mm -hmm. opening of my um, my podcast, I say, I think sometimes the very first negotiation that you do is in the morning with yourself for your self-worth, you know? Yeah. I mean, I know it is for me sometimes, you know, and I, I joke that I like, I'm not allowed to leave my thoughts unsupervised, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not allowed. Nope. 
Nope. <laughs> yeah. Oh, awful, awful running rampant. <laughs> yes. Like you're going straight to the gutter or straight to the yeah. ghetto. So, you know, if, if that's how you are out there listening, like just listen to good podcasts or listen to a good audio book or something that's going to keep yourself, your vibration high. I love that. I think that is so important because we, we do, especially with our thoughts, right? We've been, we just been conditioned to, to have all these negative thoughts about ourselves when not certainly when someone else is telling us all sorts of negative things about ourselves. And especially if we, you know, if we were raised in that environment, all of those things and to surround yourself with people who love you with the people who are, you know, your, your best friends who are going to continue to tell you what a kick-ass human being you are. And don't be afraid to ask, tell people, say, listen, I need a little extra, you know, oomph these days. So I need you to tell me all the things you love about me, like once a week. That's what you need. And be okay with receiving it. And I Mm -hmm. think a lot of times we don't feel like we deserve it or we're okay with that. I mean, I think a lot of times, especially empaths have had our own trauma Mm -hmm. and as children or whatever, and we're just not okay with receiving love. I think that's something that you have to practice receiving Mm -hmm. being okay with. Yeah. Well, most of us come by this really naturally, right? I mean, that's the thing is that most of us unfortunately come to these relationships really naturally. That's not just, that's not to blame us, right? That's not because that's not, it's not our fault, but but we then how we do have to deal with that eventually down the line at some point. Otherwise, we're going to repeat these patterns. Absolutely. Yeah. Oof. So, Rebecca, I know that we're you're going to come back later to talk about this, but I do want to just give a plug for the fact that you do have a book coming out in October. So, yeah, so we're going to have you back when it in the fall when it's time for it to come out. But what's it called? And what do people know about it? Thank you. Thank you. It's called Slay the Bully, How to Negotiate with a Narcissist and Win. And I'm so excited for it. Um, Chris Voss wrote the foreword for it. And you can already pre-order it now. Okay. Yeah, it's slaythebully.com. And we are doing amazing, amazing bonuses for it, including you can actually get an entire copy of the manuscript, which is pretty, pretty cool. So even though it doesn't come out till October, we will be as soon as it's available from the publisher, which hopefully is going to be soon, we will be doing a an entire copy of the manuscript. We're going to be doing a masterclass. We're going to be doing a workbook, all kinds of really cool things for it. That's what you can get for pre-ordering it, slaythebully.com. And of course, I have my YouTube channel and my Instagram, all of that good stuff. So, And your podcast. Yeah. Tell everyone where they can find you in all the places. My YouTube channel is youtube.com forward slash Rebecca Zung ESQ, which I'm you know, I've had 35 million views on that in two and a half years, which is oh my god, that's crazy. Amazing. Crazy. Yeah. My it's actually great. my podcast just went over um a million downloads, which is excellent. Um, which you're gonna be on. Yeah, that, that. Yes. we just um recorded that episode should be coming out in the next couple of weeks. Always very popular when Kate Anthony was on. <laughs> uh my Instagram. 
is at yeah. Rebecca Zung. Everybody go check out Rebecca if you don't already, which most of you probably do. But oh, and I have I have a you know free free download. So oh, uh, my free crush my negotiation prep worksheet, which people it's a free ebook actually. Mm-hmm. And people can get that at winmynegotiation.com. Winmynegotiation.com and we'll put that in the show notes. Rebecca Zung, as always, thank you so much for being here. It's just always such a good conversation when when I have you on. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely love you. So <laughs> back at you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in and leave me a review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at the Divorce Survival Guide. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember, you, my love, deserve to be happy.